Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. I'm here with my guest, Sarah O'Brien. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Sarah is an esthetician here. She's located in Manassas, Virginia, and we are um, connected in through business and whatnot. But my favorite way we connect is through awesome conversations. So thank you. Thank you. It, this is a lot of fun. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of It's a lot of fun. fun. <laughs> Don't know what this is yet, so we're going to get there. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Sarah, tell us about you. What's tell us let's let everyone figure out who you are. Well, I <laughs> it's, it's, that's it's always, always a loaded question. Like, so, where do you start? I know. It's the hardest question I ask. I feel like I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, me right now. Let's we'll start with that. So I am a mom of two. My son is nine years old as of Tuesday. My daughter Zoe will be seven on Valentine's Day. She is on the autism spectrum. So there's that fun little aspect of my personality is <laughs> chasing squirrels is what it feels like most of the time. Um, I've been married for, it'll be 13 years this year, and we've been in Northern Virginia for just shy of six years. So, licensed esthetician, mom, wife, that pretty well sums it up. <laughs> awesome. So, you have a full plate, like pretty much everybody. Everybody that but, I know, yeah. yeah. That's great. And you, we talked before about you have a passion mm-hmm. for people. And one of the things I learned about you, which I was not surprised, was that you had a therapy degree, a degree in mental health. What was it? It was psychology and sociology. There we go. I was going to go to grad school for counseling after the fact and whatnot. And then I met my husband. He moved me from Missouri to Virginia because he was in the Navy at the time. And getting going back to school and getting qualified and licensed for counseling after changing states, it was a bit of a thing and overwhelming. And I was kind of done with organized education at that point. A um, little disillusioned after you know, taking six years to finish a four year degree because of all the nonsense that happens at college. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I kind of had to switch switch gears and come up with something new that still let me help people and was travel friendly in case we had to get, you know, restationed someplace else and kind of fell into aesthetics. That's awesome. So that's why I was not surprised when we had lunch because I was like, you are asking me all of the questions. (laughs) You are showing me. It's hard to turn that off. I love it. I love it. That's why I realize like all of my friends and everyone who I gravitate towards in business and life, it's like, you have that little, you know, people talk about things like that special sauce or that special thing. And like, for me, that special thing, I'm always like, oh, you're a person who likes digging you're deeper. You're a caretaker. Hi yes. There. <laughs> yes, I love caretakers. I don't know what that says about me. I don't know, but I love it. So my dad used to joke after I became a mom that I've actually been a mom since I was about 10 years old. Yeah. He was like, that was just your personality type. He's like, you find people that need taken care of and then you take care of them. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, okay. I guess I found the right job satisfaction job for myself. Yes. <laughs> so we, so as an esthetician, now this is something that Jeremy, my husband, you know, we had to explain Mm -hmm. to him what it was. And most women, there's this like, idea that spa is very frou-frou mm-hmm. or, um, you know, expensive. And it can be. Exactly. <laughs> um, so tell me, so like, help, help me understand with self-care. So because we talked like you have a passion, as we said, for helping people. Mm-hmm. And that, that falls into esthetician. So I thought, okay, there's people that have no idea what you do. There's men who have no interest or care. But can you kind of jump into like, how how does it all tie together? Well, I think for me, 
the reason why I find it so satisfying is because everybody is self-conscious about something mm-hmm. like whether it's physical appearance or they might be awkward and trip a lot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be literally anything. There's always something that everybody is self-conscious about. And it's very satisfying to be able to help somebody get past that and feel pretty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as tinting their brows or shaping them up. So they look more, more feminine, more grown up or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Like I have a client that I absolutely adore because she came in and she's in a position where she's actually in a position of authority at her job, but nobody takes her seriously because the poor thing looks like she's like, I thought she was still in high school when she walked through my front door. Oh yeah. And so we did a lash lift and tint and a brow design service, which is a brow wax and a brow tint. And it just made her look 10 years older, but not in a bad way. If that, like usually <laughs> yeah. that's not a positive, but for yeah. her it really was. Yeah. And it helped it just helped her feel like she could walk into a meeting and take control of the meeting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And it was such a good feeling to see that. So that is kind of quintessential yeah. what I love, how I can help people. If you're self-conscious about this, that, or the other, I, uh, you know, especially if it's something more of the, on the superficial side of things, I probably have a cream for that or, you know, a wax <laughs> yeah. strip for that. It's, it's insta-validation and it's really fun. What have you found? What do you think women... I mean, I know you have some men clients, but mm-hmm. like, what's your insight? So you have an, a unique set of skills <laughs> Very um, much so, yeah. <laughs> and you're not afraid to use them. Nope. But, <laughs> but with your ther- with your, you know, counseling heart, mm-hmm. what do you feel like people or women in particular struggle with the most? What do you feel like you see that you want to change with people? That's not a physical thing, but the internal thing. I think in general, women, we're, we're sort of we always put everybody else first. Mm. We don't take care of ourselves the same way that we take care of the other people in our life that we care about. So a lot of times we are mentally burnt out or emotionally burnt out and we don't, we feel this disconnect. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really shallow to be like changing the superficial outside can help you feel better about the inside, but it it really can. Like Mm -hmm. it reflects in, it helps you feel better. It projects out what you want the world to see. And a lot of women are not great at taking care of themselves. And so for that 20 minute or 30 minute appointment that they come in, it lets them take care of them. Mm -hmm. And I take care of them for that 30 minute time frame. And it just helps them feel better. Like a lot of times it has nothing to do with the ex, the unibrow or whatever it might be, or the upper lip that they're really self-conscious about. It's yeah. just about being seen and being taken care of by somebody else. Mm. Because I feel like we all take on way too much as women yeah. and it men too in this day and age. I mean, it's just our culture right now is to yeah. do, do more, be more, always strive for the next big level. And that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to relax and renew. How do you think your, and I don't, you know, I don't want to go too deep if you don't want to. How do you think um, your background has played into your current role? Hmm. Well, I can tell you that the only reason why I knew what an esthetician was, was because of my, my older sister. Mm-hmm. We were having a conversation when she was still in college and on a, a fixed income because mm-hmm. of her disability. Mm-hmm. So she was going to school full time and living off of, you know, the, uh, the checks that she was getting. And she had bought a under eye cream, if I remember correctly. And 
she had bought two of these like really expensive under eye creams. I think she said they were somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy dollars, which is a lot if you're oh on a fixed gosh. income. Yeah, but it, it, it <laughs> or even skincare, not. man, skincare can be so pricey, oh, which know. is one of my biggest pet peeves in the industry because it doesn't have to be. Yeah, um, it's a marketing tool sometimes. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the ingredients really do cost that much, yeah. but people automatically assume that if something is more expensive, it's better quality, and that is not always the case. Yes. Uh, but anyway, back to my sister. She was upset because she had spent basically $140 that she didn't really have to try to fix something that she was self-conscious about. It was her under eyes. Mm. And we have in my family genetic tendency to get uh, dark under eye circles. So she was trying to fix that because she's like, I'm not even 30 yet. I shouldn't be dealing with this. Yeah. And she's like, there should be somebody that you can go to and ask what a product is going to do. Like, is it actually going to do what it's advertised? Is this a gimmick? What What is this? And I'm like, you know what? There really should be. And I remember she said that she had asked her dermatologist about it because she had one at the time mm-hmm. and they didn't have any, any insight for her. And I was like, well, okay, if a dermatologist won't do it, what, who would? Yeah. You know, so I remember we, we, she and I also share a, uh, a hormonal imbalance called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Oh. So without, you know, being too blunt about it. I, no, we can please bo- be blunt about it. If we you're can willing. Go grow lady beards like we could have oh, been carnies okay. back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so I remember. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. By the way, you know, educating yeah. the folks and myself. The things that we feel self conscious <laughs> about. Go figure. <laughs> let's uh, put it out there. Yeah. Let's just air it out. <laughs> um, but I looked up electrolysis uh-huh. because at the time, my husband was still active duty military. I had two very small children, two under the age of three. And I was looking for a new career because the counseling thing didn't seem like it would really pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to have to go back to school. I was like, what can I do? So I looked up electrolysis because mm-hmm. that was something I'd always been told about to help with the facial hair. Mm-hmm. And every time I... I I don't know if I was misspelling it terribly, but <laughs> it was, Google kept showing me esthetician. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I don't want this. I don't want that. What is this? And oh, I, isn't that like a, could be some divine intervention? It really, I felt like it was. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is because I'm like, okay, this is, this sounds interesting. Like just reading this little blurb about what an esthetician is. Yeah. Cause I wasn't the type to go to the spa yeah. before yeah. owning one, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I I went to a local spa that, like, somebody had given me a gift certificate to to get my nails done for Christmas, if I remember right. And I knew that they had estheticians on staff. And I just asked the receptionist if I could talk to one. And she took me back into the treatment room and we chatted about what her day to day was like. And she went into, she kind of, her, she nerded out a little bit on skincare and how cosmetic chemistry comes into play. And it's mm-hmm. not just about the frou-frou making somebody relax kind of a thing. There's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into picking a product for a client and in a facial use anywhere from, you know, maybe 10 to 20 products on a client, depending on what it is oh, you're wow. trying to treat. Yeah. So you really have to know how products work and how the skin works to best affect to get the mm. outcome that the client wants. Ooh, so that triggered your research part of your personality. Oh, yeah, yeah I was like, right there yes. for that. And I'm like, okay, so this is really nifty. And she went on to say that the school that she had attended would be the only one that she would recommend. And it was there in Virginia Beach, which mm. is where we were living at the time. Oh. And I was like, okay, well, let me stroll on up into this school. So within a two week time frame, I went from not having any idea what an esthetician was to being enrolled in the, the nighttime full time oh program. Gosh. And it only happened because one girl had signed up like the evening classes were full. And that was the only way I was going to be able to make it work. And somebody dropped out. 
So, wow, that's a great story. That's how I ended up in what I do. I feel like I fell into it, but I feel like it was it was meant to be. It was definitely meant to be. Mm -hmm. That's awesome and inspiring. Yeah, I loved it. Sometimes you know Google can really help you. Yeah, well, that reminds (laughs) me. Christina Ammerman shared Mm -hmm. how she got into the massage therapy Mm -hmm. and how like it was just in a paper and Mm -hmm. just kind of like she just saw and knew and so. I think that's really cool. Yeah, sometimes you just put where you're supposed to be, I think. Well, I think for it's funny because, like, I remember before when my kids were getting older and I kind of knew I wanted to do something when Mm -hmm. they got to school. And one of my friends said, the right thing will come along. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she's telling me that. And because (laughs) I'm in a place where I didn't see it yet, it's like, how do you know? How do you know that's going to happen? And then sure enough, like things fell into place and had had my, you know, the my job situation not fallen into place I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So it's mm-hmm. just like, now you know why people, when they go through stuff and they tell you, like, it will work out. And you're yeah. like, how do you know? It's like, because they've walked through it. And yeah. so just wait long enough and eventually it'll work out the way it's supposed to. Yes. And if it doesn't, then, it. yeah, well, maybe fight it depending on what's going on. True, but, true. Yeah. Because uh, cha- yeah. change is important, but, yeah. you know, depending on what it is, sometimes you have to fight for what you want. And because yeah. I, I have to admit, my husband, when I told him that I was enrolling in full-time school in the evening from 5 to 10 p.m., he was not thrilled. <laughs> yes, <laughs> looking, that's a good point to bring yeah, up. Looking yeah. back now, he he was not happy about it. But now he's yes. very happy for me because yeah. we're, we're able to have the lifestyle that we have because I fought mm-hmm. for it. But mm. And I'm not saying that he told me not to do it, but we had – let's see – Liam was two and a half. Zoe was maybe six months old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like they were small. And so he's working all day. Then he's coming home and have to. Yeah. It's a lot. He would actually have to meet me in the parking lot at school because his base was clear across town. So I would drive to my school. He would meet me there. We would switch car seats Mm. with the kids and then I would go to school until 10 o'clock at night. So that's a great point though that like, okay, so it was, it seems like it's in, in my, from my perspective, it's totally sounds Mm -hmm. like divine intervention. It worked, but I love that you, you talked about that. It's not easy though. And you did have to, you had to push through. Yeah. I knew it was the right thing for me to do at the time. I do think things fall into place. Mm -hmm. Um, but if there is that tension or that struggle, it doesn't automatically mean that it's not meant to be. Exactly. No, I think that. If you know that that's where you're supposed to go, fight for it with everything you have. Because mm. there's, like, I had two small kids at home. And yeah. in my husband's mind, you know, complete gear shift, me going to school, taking out a little bit more in student loans to cover the cost for that. When he was already working full time, it, it seemed like maybe this isn't the time. Like, he wasn't yeah. saying don't do it. He was of maybe course. like, don't do it right now. Yes. And like I said, I'm very glad that I did because he ended up getting out of the military that following summer. And then we moved here. And like, I would be starting now if mm. if we went for the convenient time factor. Yes. So oh, never the right time. No, it, never that, the that's right. The thing. It never feels like no. it rarely, I should say it rarely feels like the right time. Exactly. It's yeah. always going to be like change is always slightly uncomfortable. Mm. And it's always something that you kind of have to push through because you know that it's the right thing. You just have to get through the ick to get mm. to the good. Yes. And I have to go through the ick to get through the good. Yeah. See, now I can do a say that again. Shannon McGurk. Mm. <laughs> yes, Shannon McGurk on his episode, he talked about having to go to the, the cistern mm-hmm. to find the things you need. Like Sometimes. Go to the dark places. And yeah. Go through the shit. It's mm-hmm. kind of the yeah, way to go I through the it. tunnel to get to the light, so yes. to speak. And yes. It's, it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it when you know it's the right thing. Because I think the... The one thing that I hear a lot from my clients is that, like I said, I love the stories that I get from my clients so much because I, I might only see them for 20 minutes every month, but they they really do let me in because yeah. I'm 
yeah. Well, you go personal quick. We, we go pretty personal yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> when you physically go personal, it, but it's true, though. When yeah. you physically go personal, it makes it easier to emotionally yes. go. So they, they tell me about how their family might not be encouraging of something that they're trying to pursue or whatnot. And I feel like people might say things coming from love, mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe you should be more conservative. Maybe you should go big. Yeah. Make the big life change if you need to. If you're not happy, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody other than you. Mm. So that that's partly why, like, with some of the services that I do in waxing, it might seem like there might be a lot of social ideas about what it is that I do with waxing. But it doesn't have to make sense to anybody other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it does make sense to you, then don't let anybody talk you out of it. Because mm. they might mean well. But they're going off of their own set of experiences and knowledge and fears. And if if you let them talk you out of the thing that you know you're going to love, Preach. you need to do it. Yes. So, yeah. I'm Thanks. I'm very stubborn. So when my husband said, I don't think this is the right time, I'm like, no, no, this is happening now. This is happening. <laughs> Which he doesn't always love about me, but he usually loves the end result when we get through the awkward yes. time or the, the difficult time. So that So how did you get through it then? So... It was probably day rough by day. because that age of kids is rough. It was extremely rough um, for a multitude of reasons. So he was, the longer he stayed in, the more stressed he got. Mm-hmm. I mean, military life in general can be extremely stressful. Yeah. And he he did well, like in his career. I don't mm-hmm. want to make it sound like he was struggling mentally yeah. or whatnot because he wasn't. But yeah. it, it's super stressful. Yeah. And having small kids is extremely stressful, even with yes. me staying home, yeah. like, that's a whole other set of stresses because if you're the type of person that likes taking care of people, you would think motherhood would be super gratifying. To me, I found it so draining at that stage because I'm like, I, I, I don't even know what you want right now. This tiny yes. thing is yelling at me and I don't know why. Oh my gosh. Jeremy <laughs> used to come home from work when I, cause I had oh, two under two yeah. and I would say, I spend all day with people, mm-hmm. two humans that cannot communicate with their words. Yeah. If you do not communicate with your words, I got nothing for you. Yeah. I can't do it. It's like trying to figure out, you know, playing whack-a-mole. Yes. Um, and, so, yes. Well, Stressful. you know, not physically, but, you know, yeah. mentally. And <laughs> For sure. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just very, like, I thought maybe I wanted to do the stay-at-home mom thing because family was something I'd always wanted. And, yeah. Like, let's do this. And then I, I was there and I was in it and I was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> Help me. Yeah. So, I, I think being self-aware and being honest with yourself when mm-hmm. you know something may or may not work for you that's okay yeah and trying it too. yeah try not it. being afraid to fail i think yeah. that's the other thing is and i don't see it as a failure i was able to spend the first yeah. let's see. oh i meant with the business oh, no yeah, definitely no. not with your mother no no, God, no. no. <laughs> but I, I spent the first four years home with liam mm-hmm. and the first not quite full year home with Zoe. Yeah. And I'm I'm so grateful that I had that time with them. Like I don't yeah. regret it one bit, but I, I also am very happy that I made the changes that I did. Yeah. And I think I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I feel like I'm a better mom now than I was then because I feel more not completed, but I feel more I don't I don't even know what the words are. I just I feel better about myself now than I did at that stage in my life. Yeah. So I know that I'm able to be a better mother. Yes. That's what I've always said is that you know, figuring out what helps you be the best you mm-hmm. you can be so that you can serve others. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're called to a life of service, if you feel that, like, then, how, you know, I feel like we were made to be in community together. Mm-hmm. We were made to be there for each other. And so, you know, however that ends up 
looking in your life, you know, mm-hmm. so that, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's like for you to be the best you. Yeah. So. No, I mean, in order for you to get the most out of your life, you have to be able to be self-aware enough to go like, I need something different or I need mm-hmm. something more or, you know, mm. or less. Sometimes you just, you take, you take on too much. Why do you think people are afraid to say the things they want and need? I think that we've been, well, as women anyway, I can't say with men, I feel like we've been taught that self-care or wanting things for ourselves is kind of a negative. We're supposed to be the caretakers. Mm. Like that was what I struggled with when I was a younger person. Yeah. Um, admitting what I needed from my friends or family and things of that nature was a difficult thing because I was the one that always did the caretaking. Mm-hmm. So if you're the caretaker, who takes care of you? Yes. So... In the the earlier years in my marriage, there was times where my husband was like, I don't understand. Why are you upset? And it was because I was like, why aren't you just taking care of this? And I got to the point where I was like, oh, he's willing. I just have to be like, hey, I need this. And then no issue. And then that cleared up so much trouble in my my happiness. So what made it hard? So I, correct me if I'm Mm -hmm. wrong. I would guess that you don't have a problem with people telling you what they need. Not at all. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know why it was so a thing why? for me to verbalize it. Why? But that's true for so many mm-hmm. people. Because so many people want to help and love and care for mm-hmm. people. It's kind of, I saw the quote, it's like, check on your strong friends yeah. because they're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning of the marriage, you said you talked about he wasn't doing, you know, like you needed help with things and mm-hmm. you couldn't verbalize it. What helped you get to the point of verbalizing it? Was it just him the- telling me to? <gasps> yeah. I would literally get so stressed out and he's like, what's wrong? What's going on? Like, I don't understand. Mm. And so I would say, you know, I, I'm super overwhelmed between laundry, dishes, kids, clothing, what, you know, life, groceries. Like, there's just so many things to keep track of that I'm overwhelmed. And he's like, well, what can I take off your plate? Oh, you're willing? I I figured you would just do it if you were willing to. Like, you can't expect people to read your mind. I guess is the long and the short of it. And I was expecting him to read my mind because Mm -hmm. I I am the anticipation or anticipating helper. Like I'll look at something and like, that's what I do naturally. So before it becomes a thing that is apparent to the person that I'm trying to take care of, Mm -hmm. I will try to help them, which can also be its own set of problems. Well, yeah, because then, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you assume that other people think the same way you Mm -hmm. think. And they don't. I overanalyze everything like five times at least usually. So, uh, and I don't expect people to be as crazy as I am. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. So when you are with clients, Mm -hmm. because you're not a counselor, Mm -hmm. but you have the background of it because you trained, you um, went to school for that. How do you listen to people, but without going too much there? Body language, facial expressions, those are the two major ones. Mm. So a lot of times people will, they'll have a thought or they will not say something. It's usually where people don't say something that you know that there's something that needs to be said. And so if you are looking at somebody's face and you can Mm -hmm. usually see, okay, there's something more to this. Mm -hmm. Like, why? what is this? Or... I don't know. That's really the best way I can think of it. You just get good at reading people after doing it for years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's something that I've, I feel like I'm fairly good at at this point. Mm -hmm. I can tell when there's something that someone's not saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with my friends in particular, like they might be saying all of the right things, but the face doesn't quite match Mm -hmm. with the words. And you're like, hey, friend, poke. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Uh, Mm. 
So it's funny you said that because I've talked on other episodes about like leaning into the cracks, you mm-hmm. know, like what someone will give you that crack mm-hmm. and being willing to lean into that. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's tricky too to, to not do that as, yeah. as my personality type. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like how do you, cause with what you do, it is a very intimate field, mm-hmm. but people aren't coming to you for counseling. They're <laughs> no. coming to you for, well, some you know, of them I feel like they do. Well, exactly. Okay exactly. Oh. Um, so yeah. How do you, you know, kind of not play, the, play the games, the wrong word, but that's kind of what I'm visualizing. I get like. that. I, because that's a life skill you have. You have this ability to see people, but you have that boundary of okay, well, I can't do certain things. Yeah, yeah. no, it's. I approach it the same way as like I would any friend. Like I think of my clients in a lot of ways as my friends. Mm. So if there's someone that I know really well, like some of my clients I've had for five, six years now, and I see them every three to four weeks, sometimes more often. That's than more that. than you see your friends. Some like of when, them, you're yeah. an, when you're an adult, you know. Um, I see my friend Ashley, who's over in Maryland, maybe like once every quarter. And yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you get to know people's mannerisms and mm. you can tell when something's off. Mm-hmm. At least if, if that's something that you pay attention to, because there's yeah. some folks that are, bless their hearts, completely oblivious yeah. to, to that sort of nonverbal communication. But yeah. if you, if it's something that you've always paid attention to for whatever reason, then you can ask them, like, hey, is this okay? And if they say no and they want to talk about it, then you give them a safe place to do that. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, I'm okay, then you just leave it alone. Yeah. Um, because not everybody wants to talk about things. That doesn't always make things better. Sometimes talking about things can make it more of a thing than it was. Ooh, so by pushing that wisdom. door open, yes, you're kind of kicking somebody's safe house down. Yeah. But it's nice you acknowledge it, though. Yeah. I think that's a great point that you bring up, though, because that's what I've tried to kind of talk about in the past is that people show us the cracks mm-hmm. and it's up to us to lean into it. But I'm glad you expanded on that. Is that like... I think that sometimes people just want to be acknowledged. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for noticing that I'm off. Yeah. I can't talk about it or I don't want to talk about it. But thank you for noticing. Thank like, you for caring enough caring, to ask. Caring, yeah. yeah. I and love that. And a lot that. of times people, it just makes them feel better to know that somebody gave a damn. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, like I'm the type of person that whenever I'm dealing with anything super stressful or heartbreaking or whatnot, I internalize until yes. I know exactly it is how I am about it. And then I'm okay to talk about yes. it. But going through it, don't talk to me about it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let yeah. me figure out how I feel about it. Until I like come forward and I'm like, hey, friend, I need to talk to somebody about this. Can you help me make sure that I'm not being like completely psychotic about whatever Mm -hmm. it is or I'm not talking myself into being mad about a situation that I should not be mad about, you know, that sort of thing. But we all need those kind of friends that are good sounding boards. Yes. There's something really awesome about having that friend that can come over and just like binge watch Netflix with you when you're in a bad mood and just exist in the same room with you. And it's okay. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Exist in the same room with you. Because I say like sit in the ashes, Mm -hmm. but that makes it's like if you can't, if you don't want to go that deep, Mm -hmm. just. Well, I, one of my favorite, like, it's so silly, but Eeyore from Mm -hmm. uh, Winnie the Pooh, there's that little cartoon where they're, they just. Uh, what is it? Winnie and Piglet just sit with Eeyore because mm-hmm. he's like, I know I'm not much fun to be around. That's why I didn't come to whatever yeah. little tea party it was yeah. or whatnot. And they're like, it's okay that you're this way. We just like being near you. And it's like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, they just accept him for him. They're not trying to fix him. Yes. They're just okay with him being as he is and they want to be near him. So sometimes you have to be that for your friend or be okay with your friend being that for you. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you for sharing that. See, yeah. I just feel like this is what I love is that with all of our life experience and whether it's our jobs or our life, it's like, dang, I just love hearing people's insight. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. I have a very unique insight into 
women in general, which I think is, I wasn't expecting it, I guess is the best way to put it. But <laughs> well, that's, and that's the thing, like you spend so much time with people. It's like you, without realizing that you're doing research mm-hmm. and you kind of get to see that. So yeah, it makes it fun. It's never boring. My job is never boring, which I absolutely love. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for coming today and sharing. And I can't wait for the after show. I think we'll dive more <laughs> into some of the specifics of what you do, because I know people are probably curious about that. So. Sure. Um, but thank you so much. Appreciate you, Sarah. And thanks for having me. <laughs> For now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, MM Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Don't forget to check out the after show on the Full Flush bonus episode where Samantha and I continue the conversation with our guest. You can find the Full Flush episode right here on Flushing It Out every Friday.